Great news, everyone. Jesus is alive and well. This is Glenn Ragland Educational and Transformational Ministries. Great Ministries. Welcome to this week's podcast. Let's pray. Father, we love you. We praise you and we glorify your great name. We thank you for sending Jesus, who was born like us, but did not sin. He died like us, but was raised from the dead as we will be. We pray for peace in Israel. We pray the blood of Jesus over nausea. We pray that your word will go forth. It will not return to you empty. It will accomplish what you sent it to do in the name of the seed of Abraham, Jesus Christ, amen. As we approach the annual celebration of the birth of Jesus, I want to look at the unique genealogy of our Lord and Savior. In Matthew's Gospel, he establishes Jesus as the descendant of King David, a requirement for the Messiah. Matthew, a Jew, establishes Jesus as a Jew to the Jewish audience. In Matthew chapter 1, verses 1-17, through 17, the author wastes no time letting his readers know who Jesus is based on Matthew's trace of the lineage of Jesus. Verse 1 says, The book of the genealogy of Jesus Christ, the son of David, the son of Abraham. As a descendant of King David, Jesus was royalty. As a descendant of Abraham, Jesus was a Jew. The Jews kept detailed records of their genealogy and primarily traced the family line, father to son, But Matthew has four women included in his genealogy, which was unheard of in that day. Matthew breaks down the genealogy of Jesus in blocks of 14 generations, the first block from Abraham, the patriarch of the Hebrew nation, to King David. The second block is from King David until the Jews were taken away in captivity to Babylon. The third block is from captivity until Jesus was born. The three blocks represent before the monarchy, during the monarchy, and after the monarchy. Although the genealogy of Jesus looks like a bunch of names, but to the first century Jews, they would be very interested in where Jesus came from. Matthew also shows the human factor of the descendants of Jesus and the flaws of people. Abraham and Isaac allowed their wives to almost be taken from them, while Jacob tricked his brother out of his inheritance. David was an adulterer, and his son Solomon had 700 wives and 300 concubines. I wouldn't know what to call him. The kings who came after Solomon were a mix of good and evil. The sins of the evil kings, along with the idol worship from Israel, led to them being sent away in captivity. The four Old Testament women mentioned in Matthew's genealogy also had interesting backgrounds. Tamar married the oldest son of Judah, but he was so evil, the Lord killed him. In tradition, the next oldest son was required to marry Tamar. He was just as evil as the first son, and the Lord killed him as well. Judah had one more son, but he was too young to marry, But Judah promised Tamar that he would allow her to marry when he became of age, and that would continue the bloodline. Once the youngest son became of age, Judah reneged on his promise, 
and sent Tamar back to her father's house. Tamar took things into her own hands and pretended to be a harlot, and Judah, not knowing that it was his daughter-in-law, made love to her, got her pregnant, and she had twins, mentioned in Matthew chapter 1, verse 3. Another interesting woman mentioned in the genealogy was Rahab. She was the harlot who helped the Israelite spies in Joshua chapter 2, verses 1 through 24. So how can she be the mother of Boaz in Matthew chapter 1, verse 5? Matthew consolidates his genealogy in several places. For instance, in verses 3 and 4, he omits several generations between Perez and Amenadab, which was a period of about 400 years. In verses 8 and 9, he drops three kings from the list. In Hebrew culture, it was customary to call someone a son who was a past descendant. A grandson or a great-grandson could be referred to as a son. And so, my friends, there's too much time between the life of Rahab and the birth of Boaz. He would have been a grandson or great-grandson of Rahab. Matthew also includes Ruth in his genealogy, the great-grandmother of King David. Ruth was from Moab and was a Gentile who converted into an Israelite. The final woman mentioned by Matthew was not even called by name. In Matthew chapter 1 verse 6, it says, And Jesse begot David the king. David the king begot Solomon by her who had been the wife of Uriah. We know that Bathsheba was the wife of Uriah in 2 Samuel chapter 11. Matthew included these four women to show God's mercy and his care. Tamar was abandoned by Judah, but he got her pregnant and told her in Genesis chapter 38 verse 26 that she was more righteous than he was, because he did not give his son in marriage to her. Judah repented of his sin after confessing, and we must do the same. Tamar took a chance to continue the bloodline and... She is forever mentioned in the genealogy. Rahab took a chance by hiding the spies who came to Jericho. When Joshua and the army came back to destroy Jericho, he saved Rahab and her family from death. Rahab acknowledged the God of Israel and is permanently mentioned in the genealogy of Jesus. Ruth was a widow who thought all was lost until she met Boaz, a distant relative of her deceased husband. Boaz marries her and continues the bloodline. Folks, Tamar, Rahab, and Ruth took matters into their own hands in order to survive. Bathsheba would become the power behind the throne of Solomon as she had her son's ear in matters that she felt were important. In addition to Solomon, David and Bathsheba had other sons, including Nathan, named after the prophet Nathan, who confronted King David about his abuse and manipulation of Bathsheba. In Luke's gospel, his genealogy of Jesus traces the royal line from Nathan in Luke chapter 3, verse 31. Matthew's gospel starts with Abraham and ends with Jesus, while Luke's genealogy starts with Jesus in Luke chapter 3, verse 23, and ends with Adam in verse 38. Luke's gospel has 77 names, and none of them are women, in spite of his emphasis on women 
in his gospel. Bible critics point out that the two genealogies do not match up, and this issue is dismissed when you consider that Jesus was legally Joseph's adopted son, not his physical son. Matthew uses Joseph's lineage to King David through Solomon. Luke chapter 3 verse 23 says, Now Jesus himself began his ministry at about 30 years of age, being, as was supposed, the son of Joseph. My brothers and sisters, the phrase, as was supposed, indicates the miraculous conception by the Virgin Mary. Luke's genealogy traces the line of Jesus through Mary, although her name is not mentioned, all the way to Adam. Luke writes to a Gentile audience and presents his gospel as Jesus came to serve all of humanity, not just the Jews. Since Old Testament prophecy says the Messiah would come from the line of David, careful records were kept on the descendants of David. Luke was showing that Jesus came through the royal line through Nathan and Mary, as well as his stepfather, Joseph. Isaiah chapter 11 verse 1 proclaims, There shall come forth a rod from the stem of Jesse, and a branch shall grow out of his roots. My friends, Isaiah was thinking about the promise God made to David in 2 Samuel chapter 7 verse 16. The rod is a metaphor for Jesus coming forth from the stump of Jesse, who was King David's father. The branch is also a metaphor for Jesus, and he will bear fruit. Jesus is the root as well as the branch. My friends, wars and captivity by the Babylonians had decimated the royal line. Jeremiah chapter 23 verses 5 and 6 also prophesied the coming Messiah. It reads, Behold, the days are coming, says the Lord, that I will raise to David a branch of righteousness. A king shall reign and prosper and execute judgment and righteousness in the earth. In his days Judah will be saved and Israel will dwell safely. Now this is his name by which he will be called, the Lord our righteousness. My comrades for Christ, most of the kings in the lineage of David did not follow after David. After the nation was deported to Babylon, the Lord ended the Davidic rulers. But God did not forget his promise to David and sent Jesus to fulfill the promise. Folks, now you know the family background of Jesus. He had royalty in his family tree, which fulfilled the prophecy of the Messiah coming from the line of David. The temple was destroyed in 70 AD and with it, the genealogy of the royal line. It stopped with Jesus. He came to fulfill every scripture about him, but primarily he came to save you and I from our sins. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for sending Jesus to save us. In the name of our hope, Jesus Christ, amen. I continue to encourage you to find a good Bible teaching church. Send your prayer request, your praise reports, and your comments to our email address, which is hello at greatministries.org. Please continue to pray for Great Ministries and share us with your friends, your family, your loved ones, and the unsaved. Stay safe, be blessed, and have a great week.